to the bottom. I was looking at a mountain I could not climb. I was addicted, but found being honest for a long time. I was in a prison in need of a savior. I lifted my hands up, up to the sky.
rise for our first song. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, always my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow
Today is from Jude 1, 17 through 23. But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. But you, dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. We'll continue today's service with reading of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker Please be seated. As we move forward into worship, let's go ahead and go to God in prayer. So if you guys would please bow your heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for that, that scripture reading we just had. Because Lord, we know that we need to, uh, to reach out to you in, in all times of need and in all times of blessings. And Lord, we just ask that you be with us this morning through our worship service, through the music we're about to sing and play, and through our fellowship time together. And Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen.
Boys and girls, come on up front for the kids' message. Come on up front. Find a seat up here on the floor. Yeah, come nice and close. I brought some stuff with me today I want to show you. All right. <laughs> That's pretty close. You might want to step back, slide back just a little bit. There you go. I don't want to step on you. All right. But that's really close. Yeah. I did say to get really close, didn't I? Yep. You're just following directions. Good job. High five. All right. So I brought some stuff with me, and we're going to look at it and see if you can tell me what it is. And then we're going to talk about when you might wear this stuff. All right. Here's the first thing. What's this? A helmet, yes, a helmet. There's a helmet, and then this. Do you know what this is? Yeah, chest protector. There's a chest protector, and then some gloves. Yep, and goggles. Yeah, goggles. When do you think you would wear this stuff? On dirt bikes, yeah, riding dirt bikes, ATVs, right? Motorcycles, Motorcycles? yeah. And you wear, you wear this to protect your head, right? And then this to protect your chest and your ribs, right? And gloves to protect your, your hands and that. You have to protect your shoulders, yep. And then what do these protect you from? Your eyes, yeah. Hmm, what? Yeah, so protect your eyes from dirt, right? Dirt and mud. Well, you know what? These are my kids. This is my kids' gear, and they used to love to ride ATVs, and they would love to go out after it rained, and they would ride through the mud. And so these protect your eyes from getting mud and dirt in them, right? And yep, and then you just have to clean it off. Well, you know what? The person in front didn't get quite as muddy as the person in the back, did they? Because they were spinning their tires and mud was flinging off their tires, hitting the person right behind them, unless that person was so far behind that the mud couldn't reach them, right? Or what if they took a turn and went on a different path? Then they weren't getting as covered in mud. But if you're right behind somebody, you need goggles, don't you, to protect your eyes from the mud flying up. <laughs> Put it on? All right. So... When we think about following Jesus, we want to have goggles. You know that? Because you know there's this saying that in Jesus' time that people would tell disciples. It was a blessing that they would give them. And they would say, may you be covered in the dust of your, of your rabbi. In other words, disciples want to follow their teacher so close that the dust that came off their feet was covering them. Right? So as we think about following Jesus, we want to follow Jesus closely that we get covered. So imagine Jesus riding an ATV, all right? We want to follow Jesus in a way that we need goggles. Yeah. 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 Because we want to follow so closely that the mud is just covering us. We don't want to veer off and go a different way, do we? Or we don't want to be so far behind that the mud can't reach us. And we don't want to try to pass Jesus and get out in front. We want to follow Jesus so closely that we're just getting covered in his mud. That sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. You play in the mud at your house? Good. Yeah. 
Yep, that's where the goggles go, right there. So as we think about following Jesus, remember the goggles, all right, because we want to follow him so closely that we need goggles on, right? And, but you know what? Jesus knows that sometimes we might spin out in the mud, we might wipe out, we might crash, but he is a great and loving teacher, and he stops, and he picks us up out of the mud, and he helps us get back on so we can follow him. How cool is that? Yeah. Will you guys pray with me? All right, we'll fold our hands, and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, help us to follow you closely so that we are covered in your mud. And forgive us and help us when we spin out and crash. Help us to get back on the path. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. You can head on back to your seats. And adults, as the kids are heading back to their seats, I want to invite you all to find your next step in following Jesus so that we can get covered in his mud. So think about those goggles. We want to follow Jesus so closely that we're covered in his mud. So sign up for next steps. Um, February 11th, I know, I just found out that's Super Bowl Sunday. But we will be done in plenty of time to watch the Super Bowl right after 11 o'clock worship from 12.15 to 1.45. You can sign up online or see me at Next Steps. Thank you so much, Greg. We want to follow Jesus so closely that we get covered in his mud. That, to me, that sounds like a sermon series waiting to be developed. I mean, Jim, you could do a lot with that, yeah? I might even be a prop for you and come up here on the stage covered in mud. Okay. Welcome. If you're here for the first time worshiping with us today, uh, wide arms open welcome. We are delighted that you are here. New Disciple Launch, that's happening this afternoon uh, around 12.15, 12.30 on bus in the multi-purpose room, which is where our kitchen is at. Um, maybe an hour and a half, going to be uh, some good food, going to be an opportunity to learn about 1C Church, you know, how things are done here a little bit. Not a lot, not a, not a whole lot of stuff. I'm not going to kill you with a death by PowerPoint uh, time. But it will be a, a good learning time, and it will be an opportunity to kind of take a look at, you know, where, where might I serve in this congregation? And so we'll talk a little bit about that. Let me do something with the Haiti slide coming up. All right, there's two, there's two parts to the Haiti um, slide that we want to mention here. One is, is that there's this prime rib baked chicken fundraiser feast that's coming up on... Friday, February 9, and Saturday, February 10, beginning at 6 o'clock. Why is that important? That's the fundraiser that allows us to, to um, get the funds that we can then purchase the meals that we are going to pack in April. So when we are all here, and if, some, if you've been here before, you know what this looks like. And it is phenomenal. There are rows and rows and rows of table. There are people here, and this thing just moves like this. And we last year we pack, packaged 80,000 packets to send to these children down in Haiti. And we're looking forward to doing that again in April. Save the date. Beginning Ash Wednesday, which I believe is also Valentine's Day, we're going to be starting a new series, um, the Red Letter Challenge, the serving challenge 
and we'll be looking at that uh, on, on Sundays and Wednesdays. So it starts on Wednesday, and then on Sunday, and then on Wednesday nights after that. It'll be like exploration, where you can come and take a little bit of a deeper dive. There'll be a video, some teaching, and some small group experiences, worship. Um, we're working on getting some soup that we can come at 6 o'clock and just gather around some soup and a roll and something to drink. So it's a time of fellowship, a time of learning, a time of interacting with one another, which certainly meets the criteria for up and in. We'll be here to worship God. We'll be here in the end doing life and faith together. That begins on the 14th. Now, there's also in the works, we're, de we're developing some small groups that will meet at different times during the week to take this material and process it just in a small group format. So there's a lot going on around this next series that's coming up. Uh, prayer request. If you can text those prayer requests to 402, uh, yes, 5051, we will capture those and pray for those uh, later in the service. And finally, during this next song, we'll be passing the joy baskets. That's one of the ways to give. You can see on the screen that there are others. Uh, you know, just a small word about that. It is, it is one way of worshiping God. God has blessed me. God has blessed you financially, materially. What do we do with those things? Well, we might offer them up to Jesus as a, as a thank offering. So with that, I am done. You may proceed, band. Every time I face the waves, I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear it roll. I don't want to fear the storm. I don't want to fear the storm.
like that line in there, let, let faith rise up. And as a body of Christ followers here this morning, let faith rise up in you. As we come to the Lord's table, it is, it is our faith that affirms inside of us, yeah, indeed, this is the true body and blood of Jesus. This is what he has done for me. And he has taken care of my sinful condition. My faith tells me that. So I would encourage you to ponder that as you come forward this morning. But before we do that, as you know, we take a moment of confession together as a church. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. It's my delight to announce to you that you are forgiven and renewed if this is your confession. And as you come up here to partake of the body and the blood of Jesus this morning, you are made new. Your sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. And he remembers them no more. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner also, after supper, he took the cup, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. 
This do in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. That's where the light comes.
And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith. Depart in his peace and in his wonderful love. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Lord, we lift up to you the Keeler family after the loss of their daughter Morgan. Be with them and strengthen and comfort them. Prayers for Brian Marker that his benefit goes well today after suffering from a major heart attack and strokes during surgery. Father, we lift up these and all those that uh, weigh heavy upon us. Lord, that uh, you know the things that we're dealing with. Just give us the strength to come to Jesus and lay it at his feet and trust him with all that burdens us. We just thank you, Lord. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. morning to all of you and we're going to continue our journey in the series called fact check uh, what we're going to have up on the screen if we could put that up right away this is the roadmap this is uh, trying to connect the dots so we know where we've been and then I'm going to tell you where we're going to go so uh, week one we talked about the Bible how the Bible is the truth it is the truth the world wants to tell us all sorts of different things but we need to go back to the Word of God and find out what God has to say then that truth, right, when we hear that word, it creates faith in our hearts and in our lives. And when we have faith in our hearts and our lives, it leads to worship. Remember, we touched on Cain and Abel. It seemed like one got it, one didn't get it. When faith does its thing, it creates this life of worship. And then, now we're going to get into this idea of worship and its effect on our walk with God. Beautiful rhythm, beautiful Way to go. And then next week, we're going to talk about how this walk with God dramatically affects our lifestyle, how we live our life on this earth. So that's the journey. That's what we're going to have. Uh, so today is going to be fact check your walk. There's so much to talk about. I'm going to tell you um, about this. And we're going to touch on an individual that was talked about in Hebrews chapter 11. And the person's name is Enoch. There's only three places do we have anything about Enoch. Genesis, just a little bit. Hebrews, which is the text we're looking at. And then the book of Jude. And it was uh, the reading before that Ed shared with us. Again, a little bit about this person named Enoch. And yet I believe there's a whole bunch of things we can learn from somebody named Enoch and how he lived his life. 
Now, to give a little context to everything, let's go back in time, because again, the scriptures have a story from Genesis all the way to Revelation, and it's important for us to understand where these things all fit together. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Not good news. And maybe you've heard me say this before. Up until that point, Adam and Eve did not know what death is. So I, I'm not sure you know, what went through their mind when they heard God saying those words, you're going to die. My guess is they had the impression that if you eat from it, it's not going to go well. And I think that is played out in what happened, because we do find that they did eat from the tree. And then as we look through the history of the Old Testament in particular, let's kind of go up there. Um, there's so many graphs out there that kind of walk you through. But you can see the genealogy, the lineage from Adam, and then we get to Seth. And let me just make a comment. Remember, there was Adam and Eve. They had the two children, Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel, so Abel's line stopped. Cain's line kept going, but then they had another child named Seth. And through Seth, some really good things have taken place. So it's really important to follow that line. But you go all the way down from Adam, Seth, and you get down to the place where you see Enoch and then Methuselah. And one of the things that you will find with each of those, with the exception of Enoch, are these words. Next slide. And he died. Genesis chapter 5. It'll talk about how long they lived, and then the last three words, and he died. Hmm. But now we find something different that took place. And let's go to now Genesis 5, 21 to 24. It says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. I don't just stop, you know, I know we're going to jump into that. I just can't picture being 65 and then having a kid. I mean, it just is, blows my mind. But then this is beautiful. It says, Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So here's a different ending compared to everybody else that was before. Instead of the words, and he died, we're told in Scripture, and he was not, for God took him. Remember, God said it. If you eat from this tree, you will surely die, and it was following everybody else, except when it got to Enoch. And then we find with Elijah down the road too, but Enoch. Enoch did not die. He was taken up. We don't know all the details of it, like I said, about Enoch. We just don't know a lot. We know who he had Methuselah. We know that he lived 365 years. We know from that scripture that he walked with God. Now, what does that mean? And some of you know that once in a while I get a little geeky, right, which means you go into the Hebrew and the Greek, and you kind of take a look at what does that word mean? Because your view and my view of the word walk could be different, right? 
Sometimes our view of walk and what God intended it to mean can be different. So here it comes from a commentary that touched on this. Regarding Enoch, Moses used a rare verb form, hithphiel, which adds the prefix hith to the verb stem. I know you're probably going, oh man, you know, just get on to it, right? This alters the meaning of the verb to depict, ready for this, an intense action performed in relationship with someone else. Now, I know about you, there's different kinds of walking. There's the saunter, right? You're just kind of chilling. And maybe you've watched the Olympics and you see those fast walkers that I don't know how they do it and I won't try it because it could be ugly, right? But here we have an example. You see the word walk, but what God inspired Moses to write was something a little bit different about this person named Enoch. It was intense and it was intimate. And it brings me back. Brings me back to the time when I first met Kristen. Let me tell you, I couldn't get enough time with her. I would walk and talk with her for hours and hours and hours. And her mother, I won't go into a mother-in-law joke, it's just not appropriate, but she just couldn't figure it out. What do you have to talk about? What do you, I mean, you're spending all this time together. It's what happens when there's a love relationship. It becomes intense. There is an intimacy there. I mean, she and I would share so many different things about what we were thinking and feeling. And yes, we were walking together. Beautiful, right? Wonderful. Now, 40-some years later, um, still, we walk together. Sometimes I get busy, distracted. Sometimes I'm not walking with her like I should. And so, um, get into that another time. All right, now let's look at the Hebrews passage and where we're, we're talked about um, this Enoch. It was by faith, that was imp very important, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So I'm going to talk about this in a moment, but I want to ask the guys, you know who you are, come on up if you would and make your way over here. You know who you are. Come on up here. There's, we've got some chairs up here. And well, let's keep the light. I'm not going to go over there yet. That's okay. Thank you. Some people think I'm in the dark anyway, but it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, I've said it for a couple weeks in a row, this phrase of God's divine persuasion. God's divine persuasion. The way God works from the very moment he created uh, um, the heavens and the earth, when he made the Garden of Eden, when he put him up, you know, put him in there and said, enjoy. God was trying and wanting to persuade Adam and Eve. 
about how good he is, how much he loves, how powerful he is. And as we watch the story of Scripture, Adam and Eve, they kind of knew it, but they forgot it, right. right? They ate from the tree. And then you go to Cain and Abel. Cain just didn't seem to get it when it came to his worship. He kind of gave him second best. Abel seemed to get it. And then we get to Seth, and then we watch that, that family line and how it really matters. How it matters to pass on the good news about who God is. And God kept divinely persuading humanity that he loves, he cares, he's going to be with. And that is the journey. And as a result of that, we find that Enoch was divinely persuaded. And it says he walked with God for 300 years. I don't know about you, I've been doing this thing for 62 years, and some of you know that it wasn't until about age 17 where the light bulb turned on, and I still struggle today. Walking with God, pleasing God, you know, just getting it right kind of thing. And so it is a challenge, and I'm going to get, at the very end of the sermon, I'm going to give you some uh, practical advice on how to walk with God. Okay, something has to happen first. But now we're going to change the lights and we're going to kind of get over to here to a good-looking group. And uh, I have a couple questions that I actually um, prompted them to be thinking about. So this is kind of like a rapid fire. Um, for those of you that are old enough to, to think about Phil Donahue, where he would go like this. I'm going to actually give them the microphone, which is dangerous, but that's okay. Think about those questions. And the first one was, as you think about your years on this earth, there have been different people that have influenced you with your walk with God. Um, would anyone like, or even a couple people would like to start off or kind of share something? Thank you. Yeah, I, I guess I approach that from, you know, what was one person that's influenced you, but what I think is unique about my life is that uh, at every stage there's always been somebody that's been, I think, deliberately placed in my arena that's served as a nice foundation or a tethering pole or something that's maintained uh, a Christian presence in my life. And we've all been through it before. I mean, we've all been through our teen years and our college years and whatever that in-between period of time is. But there's lots of opportunities to stray. There's lots of uh, places where it can be challenging even up to today where it can be challenging to, to lead that Christian life. And so I would say there were many people. I mean, my grandfather was really influential in, in developing a, a foundation. He provided lots of opportunities to observe. Uh, but every, every stop in my life, there's been somebody that has offered me uh, opportunities to excel as a Christian. Thank you. Anybody else want to lean in on that first question? I'm one of those people that uh, I enjoy wisdom from an old sage, you might say. And uh, in my junior high years at our church, I went to a Lutheran church south of Lee called St. Paul's Church, it's a country church. And we were uh, on call between uh, pastors, and some of you may know this individual, but Pastor Rowalt from down here in Columbus came up and served our church for a year. And uh, I could have listened to him for hours uh, with his experience and what he's done in ministry. And that was just kind of like what you mentioned, a tethering pole as you go through life. Um, and then again, my grandfather as well is part of that as well. Good. Thank you. Anybody else want to lean on the first question? We've got a couple other questions. 
So I grew up, you know, as a kid going to church and had family and friends throughout the years that, you know, have helped me in my walk um, with God. But I think most recently, as I've got serious with my walk with God, I think it's been this group up here I'm sitting with and just our Thursday morning uh, men's group. It seems like every morning I go, I always come come out of that, um, you know, hour-long session with them with something that I can, you know, take throughout the week that, you know, either encourages me or just helps me, you know, walk with uh, God. Good. Um, and I'll just say, what kind of person in their right mind would get up and be at church at 6 o'clock? These kind of people get up that early. And I'm not sure they're right in their mind either, but that's okay. <laughs> Any, okay, uh, second question. Let me just jump to that one. It's not easy. It's not easy to walk. And when I talk, talked about Enoch for 300 years, wow. And it was getting bad, just so you know. Um, Sin was escalating, and the challenge and the temptations were getting bad. And the Bible says Enoch just kept going. What are some of the challenges maybe you've experienced um, being able to walk with God or please God as the scriptures interchange? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I echo what they say. Um, and, and the one for me is pride. Um, you know, that's the, that's the elephant in the room that gets me away from God because I keep thinking I'm doing it on my own. And that somehow I have a hand in what's going on. And, and when I start becoming prideful, I realize I'm getting farther and farther away from God. And, you know, I, I agree with Nate. You know, when Thursday morning comes, um, some, all that pride kind of melts away. And um, it seems like it's, it builds up as the week goes along. And then I let it go here and then on Thursdays just to keep it keep it there. And then the distractions, usually it's the pride-filled distractions of I think I deserve this because I've worked hard and I feel, I feel like I deserve some time alone from God or away from God because I've, I've done all these good things. And, and I, I, for me, it's that, that devil called the pride. Good. To follow on with that, I wasn't sure how I was going to answer this question. And then literally, on the way into church today, I slipped on the ice and fell down. <laughs> and uh, it is just, um, that's the story. There's been so many times that I've slipped and fallen, and, and, and he has been there to help, help me up, and more so than ever uh, right now. And, the, and I think, and maybe a lot of you guys will agree, um, the challenges in following with Jesus uh, come more so when when the ride is smoother. It seems uh, easier to bring Jesus closer when things are difficult. And for me, that, that's been my biggest challenge is, is um, when things are smooth, to stay humble, to stay in touch with Jesus, uh, to keep him as close as possible. Good. All right. Um, uh, one last question. Words of encouragement. I mean... Again, it, there's a blessing you know about, you know, when you walk with God, and there's some challenges. Um, men and women out there together, or maybe even men in particular, because I'm going to tell you, I just think I've seen over the years, guys, and I'm speaking to myself, I've gotten too distracted from my calling as husband and father and you name it. I get too busy and too distracted. And I just think, can you imagine if that day would come where... Maybe, you know, us guys would start saying, you know, yeah, I'm going to take my walk more serious. So any thoughts that come from, from that? Any, anybody want to lean in to encourage? 
Um, I make my living out of solving many complex problems, math, logic. I can make chaotic things make sense. Um, but especially this week when things happen that make no sense, um, are extremely painful and put people through pain that they do not deserve. Um, <clears throat> that's when you realize that a faith walk is not something you are supposed to do on your own. It takes, um, takes a good group of guys to be part of that. For us, I mean, I'm using the word guys. Um, a faith walk is not to be done alone. So if you believe you're doing your faith walk alone, come talk to somebody here and uh, we're going to fix that. Yeah, I think just off the last couple of questions, I think there's so many bright, shiny, salty, delicious uh, curiosities that are out there uh, that it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to stumble. It's easy to fall into a, a little uh, canal for a while, drown, or just sprain your ankle. But like you said, just surrounding yourself with, uh, with people that are uh, like-minded and uh, spending time in... Um, Meditation, for lack of a better word, reading the book, just, you know, taking time to, uh, with God, can really uh, make those bright, shiny items less attractive and steer you more towards uh, the fulfillment of uh, having the Christian life. I think for me, it was about a year ago, I started coming to the Thursday men's group, and at that time, you know, I was trying to do a lot of the things that, in the, you know, I was raising a family and jobs, doing it all on my own and not trusting in him, you know, in God, and I think that's what kind of took me to take that next step and, you know, get involved more, go, go to a men's group, be able to be around guys that think the same way I do and are trying to walk with, you know, God, and they're not perfect, but, you know, we're, we're trying to take that step and uh, be more uh, in a good walk with him. Yeah, I, I think the um, the mountaintop experiences are, are pretty cool. And I think we have an opportunity coming up here next week uh, to do one of those opportunities. And this is a, this is an uh, a admittedly uh, advertisement for an amazing uh, group that we're going to have here uh, next Saturday from 8 to 1. Uh, there will be a live stream, a men's conference called No Regrets, which amazingly comes out of Wisconsin, of all places, but, uh, you know, it's good. Uh, we've sat through the, uh, the lectures, and for those guys out there that uh, have never really had that type of experience, a mountain-type experience, mountaintop, um, it's amazing the energy that comes out of that, the heart's on fire. Uh, it is just a, it's just a, a life-changing experience. It really is. Some of these lectures are, are just the ones that reach your heart in ways that has never been reached before. So... If you really, really want to take your faith to a next level, next, uh, next Saturday morning about 8 o'clock, you can even come and go if you want. If you can't make the 8 o'clock, come and go for a couple lectures. It's all free. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a great uh, morning of, of worship with a bunch of guys. And then after that, uh, you know, we're going to find some groups for you to get in. Um, it, it's not just a one and done. This is going to be an ongoing series of uh, hopefully men's groups to get started in here. We'd love to see eight more, 10 more, 15 more groups up here of guys who want to get together on whatever time of day you want uh, to, make the, uh, to make the group strong. So um, please, please, please think about doing it uh, next, next Saturday morning, the second 
is that right? February 3rd. Uh, yep, uh, February 3rd at 8 o'clock. Good. Give them a round of applause for getting up here and for getting out. All right, let me, um, I'm going to share with you a book that I had read. Oh, my, it was, it was right after I met Jesus in a personal way. And this person, uh, the author is Watchman Nee. It was actually written in 1957, uh, before I even was an idea in my parents' minds. And it's entitled, Sit, Walk, Stand based on Ephesians. It is really the way it should work in our life. And I'm going to just give you some of the key Bible verses, and then we're going to end. But I just want you to hold on to these verses. The first one, Ephesians 2, 6, that we should, I'm sorry, for he was raised from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. This idea of sitting, sitting with Jesus. I love the story of Mary Martha, right? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Uh, one is all busy getting, doing everything under the sun. The one is sitting there at the feet of Jesus. That's where it begins. We need to learn to sit more at the feet of Jesus and not sit at the feet of anything else. We need to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. Then, and only then, we're ready for the next verses. That we should walk in them, let's go keep, and walk in love, walk as children of, of light, and therefore be careful how you walk. So Paul just kind of keeps repeating, yeah, you sit, sit with Jesus, but then you get up and you start moving. And that means moving within the context of your world, with your family, your friends, your coworkers, you name it. That's how it is, and that's how it's supposed to be. And then the last one. Ephesians 6, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. I think that's what Enoch did because he kept really understanding this God who is always with him. He was able to stand firm in really tough times. And then, and then he was sharing some really powerful words against all the evil and the corruption that was going on in the world. So let me encourage you as my friends, all right, my brothers and sisters, please learn to sit more. Please learn to sit at the feet of Jesus more. Then get up, start walking, share that message with other people because they need to know that because like what happened this last week, sometimes things happen that are so painful to be able to know that there is a heaven and that there's eternal life gives us some sense of peace and strength to keep going. And then finally, stand against the enemy. He is, he is relentless. Remember, he wants to persuade us too. But we are to stand firm against the devil. All because of God and his love for us, we can do that. All right, let's stand. Literally. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
and serve the Lord.
hospital home with the four-minute drive. The baby on board made it 35. They didn't sleep awake that night. Just laid by that crib singing nursery rhymes. And these are the days that will Kindergarten drop-off line His first day of school didn't even cry And that was when we knew that life Had a funny way of just passing us by And these are the days that we'll Tell on bedtime stories, give on a kiss goodnight. Darling, before we know it, this old house will be quiet. I know we're tired right now. Someday we'll laugh about it. Let's slow it down and raise a glass. Cause these are the days that we'll Took us a day to build that bike. Felt like we only got a minute to watch him ride. Juggling dinner, school, and practice time. Just trying to make it through to that glass of cheap wine. And these are the days that we'll want back. We'll Tell on bedtime stories, give them a kiss, good night. Darling, before we know it, this old house will be quiet. I know we're tired right now. Someday we'll laugh about it. Let's slow 